0: Welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. My name is Phil Strum. So glad you've joined us. Our guest this week from WWE and Monday Night Raw is Sonya Deville. Sonya recently returned to the ring from a stint as an on-screen authority figure alongside Adam Pierce. As my colleagues in South Jersey know, she's also a very accomplished athlete, was a big-time cross player in high school, and also was a professional MMA fighter before get involved a little in acting before launching her WWE career. So right now, here's the interview with Sonya Deville. So pleased to be joined by WWE superstar Sonya Deville, who's now WWE superstar Sonya Deville again. Uh, First (laughs) off, welcome. And uh, what's it like to be back in the ring competing again regularly?
1: Um, Thanks for having me. And... I mean, it feels like I'm I'm home. I mean, I I embraced my role and I really enjoyed my role as WWE official. I think I'm a natural leader and I think superstars naturally wanted to kind of follow my guide and and be represented by me. But I um I'm I'm a fighter and I'm a competitor at heart and I've been since day one since I entered WWE. So I feel like I'm back home and I'm ready to take over. Like this this is this is my time
0: people when they're pursuing a career in WWE maybe don't think to themselves, man, I really aspire to be an on-screen authority figure, but it was also a pretty unique opportunity for you, especially off of a run where fans and pundits were starting to really recognize your verbal skills as well. What did you learn about yourself as a character during your time as WWE official Sony Deville?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like over the last like two or three years, I've really been able to show myself and the fans that i i have so much depth and diversity in my character right it's like i came in as the mma fighter and you know i had hardening strikes and i could move and people kind of respected me for that first a little bit and then i never really spoke so it's like they didn't know if i had the chops on the mic and then i was given that in the storyline with mandy a few years back and people like oh she can talk and i was like yeah like you know that's actually what i really enjoy doing and so i was able to kind of show the depth and, and the craziness with Sonia then. And then with the authority role, I was kind of able to bring it all in and and harness it and do a character completely different than crazy Sonia we saw in the Mandy storyline. So I just take a lot of pride in being able to diversify and show people that um, I'm not just the MMA fighter. I'm not just, um, you know, representing any one thing. I'm a well-rounded character that can kind of, um, do it all. And I'm, I'm growing and trying to get better every single day in every aspect of my career.
0: Since you were an authority figure on TV, did you have input from anyone else, especially the person who basically made the role famous in Vince McMahon? Was there anybody else that kind of give you any tips about, uh, what you were doing when you were going out there?
1: Um, r- really, I was just taking notes from the, the people that did it best. Stephanie McMahon, uh, Mr. McMahon, of course. Um, I was able to be in a couple backstage segments with him which was so cool just like watching and and taking it all in and um he's definitely giving me some uh tidbits of advice along the way which has been super inspiring and super cool but yeah just uh, the mcmahon family does authority best so yeah definitely taking notes from them
0: so pride month is coming up in june you're openly gay and in pro wrestling what does it mean to you to be a positive example to LGBTQ plus fans and wrestlers? And what can the general public and fans do better to be allies and supportive of performers?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just I just think back about myself before I was out um, or, and the experience of coming out in front of like kind of the public eye. And I just think of like how nerve wracking it was and how nervous I was to be criticized or judged and how far I've come from that mindset. Um, That was like seven years ago when I came out on Tough Enough. So I just think about um, younger me and what I would want to hear and what I would want to see. And I think it's just strength and unity and strength and representation. And I think it's just important to see it so that we know it's okay and we know it exists and we know um, that it's possible because I think that's what I needed then. Um, So I just take a lot of pride in, in being the person to hopefully do that and help champion that. And um, just spread positivity and equality and having allies that aren't a part of the community are just important as having allies that are part of the community. And I think you're going to see that this year. We're doing, we did a pride photo shoot that we're about to unleash. And um, there's a lot of your favorite WWE superstars that are strong allies that are represented in that photo shoot. Um, so it's going to be really cool and really powerful, I think.
0: Well, congratulations on all you're able to accomplish with that and, and and being such a good voice for that in the community, too, because it's important. Thank you. And uh, in, in doing prep for this, I, I saw an interview you did with my colleague, Alex uh, Beast, at the Asbury Park Press in uh, prior to 2019, before the Pride March. And you were on a float, I believe, or some sort of presentation with Pat Patterson at that. How much did you get to interact with him and pick his brain while he was kind of still with us and then i personally i think he's a fascinating guy his book was amazing and just one of the smartest people in wrestling overall so did you have any any good positive interactions with him
1: yeah a lot of singing um (laughs) so the whole day he was kind of like performing and singing and um we were uh we were eating rainbow donuts together and making funny videos so yeah it was it was a really fun day it was cool
0: so now now that you are back in the ring, you, you touched on it a little bit. What what are your goals? What what does what Sonia DeVille want to accomplish now that you're uh, performing in the ring again?
1: I just think it's important um, to represent who I truly am, um, to be a powerful, strong woman who doesn't take no for an answer. And I'm climbing my way to the top of the women's division. I'm climbing my way to the top of the company. Um, I've shown that I have what it takes to to run this company from a managerial standpoint and now I'm going to show that I I have what it takes to to run it in the ring and to have some gold around my waist.
0: Do you still plan on keeping your suit game on point?
1: Um, I, I take a lot of pride in my suit game, and I think it's part of who I am. And as my character develops, maybe the suits will develop a little bit. But but yeah, I think um, I think they'll stay
0: so, some of my colleagues in New jersey were mentioning the uh, your your past athletically there in uh, field hockey in high school and then obviously we all know what your uh uh your m m a background was I was kind of wondering about that transition to pro wrestling with your athletic background and kind of how what translated to kind of wrestling and and, and where that went for you
1: uh yeah i played lacrosse soccer oh lacrosse basketball. sorry, yeah um soccer basketball track and field and then of course m m a so yeah. I I firmly believe that coming with any sort of athletic background can definitely give you a leg up just because you know how to control your body. You know how to move. You know how to, you know what it means to compete. You know what it means to win. You know what it means to lose. So all of those um, the physicality and the emotion from it, I think translates well into WWE. And I think that's why you've seen great crossover from the MMA world, great crossover from football, from baseball, from all kinds of sports, because I think an athlete is an athlete and all of that can kind of help in in what encompasses a WWE superstar. And of course, a lot more um, making it as unique as it is. Um, But yeah, definitely. I think it's helped.
0: And then that's kind of the direction that the company is going now with the NIL uh, program, too, with, with some high level athletes and things yeah. like that. And just I thought it was unique with your story specifically that it was kind of like an acting background and an athletic background and then kind of marrying <laughs> them together and yeah. just figuring out that, hey, I'm pretty good at this, too.
1: Yeah, it's so crazy. It's 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 such a cool thing that doing with the NIL, because as an athlete, you you only kind of had, you know one choice and it's to go to the major leagues. And it's like now having WWE as this huge platform that could be another option for you. I think it's just giving collegiate athletes and Olympic level athletes. Like we've seen such an opportunity um, to transition from pure athletics to the world of WWE and sports entertainment. And I think, you know, a lot of athletes grow up loving WWE and, and wrestling. So I think it's like a, a dream for a lot of them as well. Um, so I, I think it's such a cool platform. It's such a cool program. Um, I heard about it a few months ago and I was like, wow, this is really smart. This is going to bring some really, really talented people here and give them some really life-changing opportunities, I think.
0: You were on what right now was the, the most recent season of Tough Enough, I think in 2015, if I got my years right. Yeah. Um, what was it like going from that to NXT and breaking into pro, into WWE that way you know is there anyone along that path who you'd say was an important mentor or mentors to you along the way and
1: yeah so many um I didn't know what I was doing when I came in I came in from the MMA world I was a fighter I didn't um understand it and I came in obviously through reality shows so it was a little bit of a different trajectory and path than than a lot of people but um I just I just honed into my my competitive background and I was like I'm just gonna train really hard and get as great as I can at this. And then I started to realize that, oh, like I can use my acting and my experience, my experience um, in front of the camera in this in this world too. And so I started to kind of tap into that. And I had so many influential people around me. Um, I, I had the honor to train with people like Bailey and Carmela um, when I was coming up. Liv Morgan and Mandy are two of my best friends that I got to kind of share the whole journey with, which was really cool. But yeah, Coach Sarah Amato was awesome in in my path. And Kind of helping me mix and blend the mma with the um with the pro wrestling style um so yeah there's been a lot of people that are super instrumental in, in my journey and are still still here so it's cool
0: and obviously your trajectory with mandy rose goes all the way back to tough enough what are your thoughts on what she's doing now in nxt with toxic attraction and uh how emotional was that you know rivalry your matches with her and your team and that kind of how it dissolved
1: yeah, she's, she's absolutely killing it. Um, I love just seeing someone come into their prime and come into their own, and you can just see them getting more and more confident every week, and that's exactly what Mandy's been doing for, like, the past year. She went down there. She took an opportunity um, and made the absolute most out of it. She's a star. She looks like a star. Um, she's getting the reps down there, and she's just killing it. And I think she's um, kind of a good – role model for a lot of the women down there that are newer showing them uh you know what a superstar can look like what a what a woman's champion can look like and we all are so different we bring such different things to the table and mandy's just very very talented in a lot of ways and um, admirable admirable as a person as well her work ethic and what she puts into this so so it's super cool um to see her kind of flourishing I forget your original question, but Mandy's killing it.
0: (laughs) Just also like the emotions of that rivalry you had with her that led to the Loser Leaves WWE match at SummerSlam and that kind of, you know, direction was where I was going with that.
1: That was the craziest time of my career. Um, It was definitely the highlight storyline of my career. It was, it was so real and so personal. And I got to do it with my best friend and my sister and, it, we were so in it. We were so in it. Um, I was, we were so both heavily involved in the creative of it and, um, just thriving kind of in the pandemic era when things looked a little different and felt a little different. We kind of just, um, took the ball and ran with it and did what we could with it and made the most out of it. And it was something that was meant to kind of highlight her and Otis, and it turned into something that highlighted her, Otis, me, and Dolph, um, which I always think is super cool. And, yeah, obviously, um, the feud was very emotional. Um, the Loser Leaves match was emotional. A lot of stuff went behind that. And to see where we are today is is crazy, too, to look back at. Um, it's kind of cool just to, to get to share this kind of experience and journey for seven years with your best friend is, is really special.
0: What kind of connected you guys right off the bat when, when you guys met?
1: Instantly, it was like instantly um, I, I saw her across the room. She was, like, dressed in, like, this bubblegum pink outfit, and she just looked like a total diva. And I was, like, this rough-around-the-edges MMA girl from Jersey. And so I was, like, looking at her. And I was, like, who's this chick? And so I went over to her, and I was, like, hey, what's up? Like, just to kind of, like, feel her vibe. And she, like, just checked me. She was, like, hey, what's up? Like, the same exact way. And I was, like, oh, this chick's cool. Like, I just <laughs> I felt, I felt the Northeast vibe immediately, which people think that's funny, but, like, you really can – tell when someone's from the northeast if you're from the northeast so i felt it immediately and we just hit it off she's the realest person in the world everyone will tell you um they judge a book by its cover with mandy but when they meet her she's like the coolest person in the world um so we became best friends we found out we were both obsessed with food and donuts and the rest is kind of just history
0: can you tell that i'm from the northeast yeah okay good
1: I well, the mean, New York I also, Mets
0: logo, i my sure, probably. Uh, the
1: Mets logo, you also mentioned Asbury Park Press and your coworkers. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of. Actually,
0: guess. Long Islander. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, Long Island. Okay. That's cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, we're going to move to something we call the three count now. It's going to be three quick questions and, and your responses. Love it. So, other than Sonia Deville, who in front of the camera or behind the scenes has the best suit game and why?
1: Ooh. Miz does a great job. Um, he does a great double Windsor, which is really important to me. And he always has a great shoe to pair, which I think is very important. And his suits are always super fitted. Yeah, Miz definitely is on par with with what I like about a suit.
0: All right. You're ordering a dozen donuts. What do you pick?
1: Mm. Two French coolers, four glazed, chocolate frosted, um, old two old fashioned. Um if they have like sugar twists or glazed twists. Um, I don't know what number I'm at, but I'm going to give you like two more. <laughs> um, oh, like any kind of like seasonal, like blueberry donut. Like if I'm like, if it's fall or spring, I don't even know what blueberry season is. But anyway, I'll get like whatever their seasonal donut is, wherever I'm at at the moment. Um, and then an apple cider donut during the fall time oh, up yeah. north is the greatest thing to ever grace this earth.
0: I mean, I wasn't counting at all. If, you know, if, if the boss lady wants to get on a line, they're probably going to throw you in a couple of extras anyway, even if you went over the twelve.
1: Yeah. And, they do, and you know, it's bad because if you give them to me, I'm going to eat them. And then, yeah, it's okay though.
0: All right. So you're able to place Adam Pierce in any match that you want at any point. Who would it be against and why? <sighs>
1: um, You know, I would love to personally get my hands on him just from all the crap he's put me through with the past year and a half. And just firing me out of absolutely nowhere is just so ridiculous. So I'd love to get my hands on him. But I'd also take a lot of joy in feeding him to like a Brock. Fully letting Brock get his hands on him and not stopping Brock. Because uh, the first go around was kind of funny. So yeah.
0: An actual match with Adam Pierce against Brock Lesnar. would
1: yeah.
0: be great. Brock would probably enjoy that too. I would
1: oh, for sure he would, yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, Sonia Deville, thank you so much for joining us today on Under the Ring. Uh, I really, really appreciated your time and the the conversation today.
1: Thank you so much, Phil. Talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
0: Thanks again, everyone, for joining us this week on Under the Ring. I'd like to thank Sonia Deville for joining us today. I'd also like to thank Adam Hopkins from WWE for his assistance. If you like what we're doing, subscribe. If you really like what we're doing, leave a comment. Be ready always and join us next week when we're ready. On to the ring. Our guest will be the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Matt Cardona. Have a great week, everyone.